Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It is time to talk about sports cards. I sit here on Sunday as I'm recording this, and it was a busy weekend for me, full of family activities. I will say there was a few highlights in there. One of the highlights involved a triple birthday party celebration at Benihana, hibachi style. And I'll tell you what, it had been a while. I think it was the pandemic, right? We haven't been out of our houses for a while. Now we're all getting out and about and trying to get our lives back to normal. It had been a while since I had enjoyed the hibachi at Benihana's. And shout out Benihana's. If anyone from Benihana's corporate is out there listening and wants to uh, sponsor a sports card podcast to build awareness. We, We travel a lot as sports card collectors. We go from town to town, show to show, and we're hungry. We need our fuel. And I know Benihana's, you you plug your uh, restaurant in a lot of nice cities where they have sports card shows. So just if anyone's out there and knows anyone from Benihana's, give me a shout. But anyways, back to the meal. That never gets old. I'll tell you what, you can never go wrong stepping inside of the hibachi grill, sitting down and watching them do their thing. And I did the trio, you know, I I did not want to skimp. I wanted the steak. I wanted the chicken. I wanted the shrimp. I wanted all of it. You got the fried rice, all of it. It was delicious. And after I got done, um, I put my daughter to bed and we, I immediately took all my clothes, threw it in the hamper and took a shower because that is what you have to do after you eat a place, eat at a place like Benihana's. So I am uh, definitely a couple pounds heavier as I record this, but you know what? It is all worth it, and you have to treat yourself. The Combine has been in town a stone's throw from where I live, um, and I love uh, Indianapolis, and I love Indianapolis as a host city, and it seems like there's a lot of conversation about maybe that we're gonna, they're going to start exploring other cities. The Combine has been in Indy for as long as I can remember it, and I love following the media. I love listening to what they have to say about Indy. And for the most part, it's always been positive. Um, you know, it is. Go- I there was a time in my life where I tried to hit as many NFL stadiums as I possibly could, cheering on my Indianapolis Colts. And one thing I noticed and took for granted about Indy is just the walkability, right? The stadium is downtown. You can walk to bars. You can walk to restaurants. You can walk from Lucas Oil to Gamebridge where the Pacers play, and it's not a big deal. So everything is centrally located. And I think um, I've seen a lot of media talk about that's what they like about Indy. Um, People don't want to have to get in Ubers, get in cars. And so that is something that um, I'm glad our city is the host city and can uh, hopefully continue to, um, you know, Bring host the combine for the foreseeable future, 
Um, hopefully we get another Super Bowl at some point. That's what I'm I'm really hoping for, along with a WrestleMania. We get the Final Four, you know, every few years. Um, but man, I, I, I now that things are happening again, it just uh, makes me really appreciate where I live and where I come from. And it sounds like the rest of the NFL has been enjoying it too. Hopefully, uh, I didn't really get a chance to to dive in too much. I watched some of the combine stuff. Um, you know, that's the hype train. Get the hype train rolling. I am mostly following and paying attention to the storylines outside of the draft. Obviously, my team is in an interesting situation, and I think we're all waiting. And who knows? Maybe by the time this episode goes live, we'll know more. But we're all waiting for the first domino to fall. And I think that first domino is Aaron Rodgers and the decision that he is going to be making. And once he makes that decision, I imagine there'll be a lot of moves that follow. Right from the top two, and I'm gonna we're gonna be talking a little bit about consolidation in this episode, but I just want to hit some of these highlights. One of the guys that has been top of mind for a majority of the hobby has been John Morant. I think I've seen and heard so many conversations, debates about John Morant. Um, is he good? Is he overhyped? Um, is he uh, is he someone we should be buying? Is he someone we should be selling? Um, and I kind of just took a step back and I wanted to kind of dig into some data. I wanted to kind of reflect on my own personal, uh, experience with our experiences, just watching John Moran. And here are some things that I'm taking away. I think number one, first and foremost, um, and shout out to card ladder for the data, uh, John Moran's market, um, and his player index from, from this point last year, it has gone up 87%. That is a whole lot. That that's we're talking like Tom Brady stuff. Um, that it that is a big jump. So if you were buying John Morant cards last year, or even you know before that, you probably are sitting in a pretty good spot now. There's nothing better than when you get in early or earlier on a guy that you like and you believe in, and then you see a bunch of other people come around and follow suit. Um, so that's the first thing that stood out to me is 87%. That's a lot. That is, that is, um, you're entering some rare territory there. Now let's look at John Moran as a player. Let's look at, um, what's happening with the Grizzlies. And I think I just pulled up the app. They're second in the West 44 and 21. I think you can look at John Moran's numbers. You can compare, you can contrast slice dice, say, should someone else's cars be more than him? Should you know, this and that, and there's always going to be these arguments. And especially when a player's market goes up so quickly, it is so easy to say that is silly. Like you should not be buying into this at this point. And if I had these cards, I should be, I would be selling them into, into, into this storm at this point. It's all speculation. Everyone's got their own take. Everyone's got their opinions. But I think for me, like zooming out from all the narratives and conversations. The thing that stands out to me the most is the fact that I, I, as a casual John Morant fan, and as someone who follows the NBA product, I don't necessarily have to dig into his numbers. I I knew that the Grizzlies were probably third or fourth. I didn't realize that they had grabbed second place. I knew the Grizzlies had done, have done really well this year. But I don't have to dig into his numbers and stats to justify this stuff. And the reason why is because John Morant is 
lightning in a bottle. He's exciting. He is in your Instagram stories, all of us, because of the plays he's making. And this is happening every time he steps on the floor, whether it's, you know, buzzer beaters, whether it's ridiculous dunks. Um, He is the definition of what the hobby likes. And what the hobby likes is a guy who's hyped and a guy who is good for an Instagram story, a guy that, um, you know, is playing extremely well um, in his third year of basketball and still looks like he has a ton of potential and is surrounded by a really solid team and a young core. So I think you you factor all these things into consideration and say 87%, this might seem completely irrational. It might. But a lot of players that we buy never get that consistency of being in your Instagram story on a daily and weekly basis like John Morant is right now. I have no dog in the race. I have no John Morant cards. All I know in my measuring stick is if I'm flipping through the stations and the Grizzlies are on, I am going to be watching. And so I'm sure I'm not the only one. And if that is a groundswell of people who feel that way about a certain player, they're going to want to go buy his cards. And I think that is what is happening right now with John Morant. We will see what happens on the other side and see if he can keep this rolling come playoff time. A lot of stuff coming out of the Dallas card show. Um, I was a follower from afar. I was following stories. I was following people. And one of the things I noticed that there was a lot of diversity. I was seeing a lot of diversity of sports, um, different segments. People were sending me pictures of wrestling cards. I do appreciate that. So if you are out there and you sent me a photo of showcases with wrestling cards in it, I do appreciate that. I like to see what is happening at these big shows. And Dallas is one of those shows I've been to. Uh, It always seems to have some sort of story or positive reaction. And I think people were making deals. I just saw a lot of people exchanging cards, money, people posting those cards. And I just think that's really good for the hobby. So it didn't seem to me that it was like a player or a couple players. It just seemed to me that people were just buying cards and being excited. So I'm excited to hear more about how the Dallas Card Show went. I knew some people that were on the ground floor. um, And I think that is a show I definitely want to get back to um, at some point. As I'm recording this, I had that busy weekend. Yes, I'm still full of Benny Hannes, but my main event, for the weekend is I'm going to saddle up and watch AEW Revolution. Yes, I am. That is happening tonight. The results and the fallout will be uh, available for us all by the time this goes live. Uh, when this goes live on Wednesday, I'll probably be all I can be thinking about is dynamite on the other side. But I'm thrilled to sit down and watch an AEW pay per view. They know how to put on a great show. This one is stacked. <laughs> I mean, it's stacked. You got Punk, you got MJF, you've got uh, Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. You got Adam, the Battle of the Adams, Adam Page versus Hangman, Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Um, it's just loaded. Thunder Rosa, Britt again going at it. I am fired up. And I got so itchy that I decided, you know what? I am going to plan a little getaway. So, me, my buddy, our wives, they're going to probably go go see something else, but we bought our tickets to go see Double or Nothing, the next AEW pay-per-view in Las Vegas. So 
I will have I will need to hit one more, which is full gear, and I can say I've hit all the AEW pay-per-views. Um, so I'm thrilled. I love wrestling. I love all elite wrestling, just pure entertainment. It is an escape. Um, so I'm excited about sitting down tonight and watching it, and I'm excited to get a little trip away and some uh, wrestling time here coming up in May. I hope you enjoyed the conversation last week with Drake. I appreciate him coming on the show to share his perspective about why he bought that car, the Roman Reigns card, Superfractor, and just share and unpack that. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring him on was there was so much conversation happening around that card that I want to be able to give a platform to the individuals who purchased the card to give them some airtime to say, this is why, this is what was going on in my head. So there's not just a bunch of speculation and us coming up with our own narratives around that. And I want to do more of that. I want to bring more people on the show who are making big big buys um, to talk through that. And I think the more we can exchange mentality, thoughts, ideas around cards that we see other people buy and people bring them in, it's good for the hobby. So I'll say this in my call to action to you, the audience member of Stacking Slabs. If you know someone or you are someone who's made a big buy that has hit Golden, that has hit PWCC, Heritage, Leland, eBay, whatever, but one that has gotten attention and gotten momentum and you want to talk about it, I'd be honored to host you on the show to talk through some of those things. I got a lot of feedback about last week, and this is something that I want to do more and more. And another thing that I want to do more and more is this Sunday I'm doing this, and I'm going to dedicate all my Sundays to this, is that I want to share your cards on my Instagram page. If you're not already, follow me at Stacking Slabs. Hit that follow button. Would love for you to be a part of it. But I'm just going through on Sundays and start reposting badass cards that I see. A lot of conversations happening on Instagram. A lot of stuff happening, but at the end of the day, like I want to focus on cards, and that's what I'm going to be doing. So, posting cards today as I record this. If you got something you like, tag me. I'll repost it. But I think the more that we can focus in on cards and cool cards and a diversity of cards, the better off we will be. It was a big week for me. I got a PSA sub back and want to share some uh, perspective on this. So, I was able to and have since a couple other times, but get got in on the um, $50 a card subs, right? The events that PSA is doing um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I am a uh, gold club member, I believe. I believe that's what I am. So it gives me access to these events. So I think I hit the very first one and got a five card allotment. And I was looking back on it and I will say this, First and foremost, PSA is doing a really good job at getting cards back at the right time in this new process. So my cards, I think it was the day after Christmas that they were submitted or whatever, and I got them back. It was like a it was like a two month window or a sixty day window. And it was like right before the 60 days is when I got my cards back. So that's cool. Like 50 bucks a card, 60 days. Like that, to me, that that's worth it. Like all day, every day. And since then, especially since the turnaround times are hitting at the right time, I have submitted a couple other um, subs with PSA to get my cards back uh, at 50 bucks a pop. And to me, it's it. I think about the cards that I'm 
subbing and I think about what's happening in the market and I think about what's happening and what I want my collection to look like. And it, it makes sense. I, I know like that might not make sense to you or it might not make sense to other people, but based on what I'm doing, it does. And so I just wanted to say like, I'm really excited. I posted um, all of my cards that I ended up subbing and I was thrilled with this five card sub. So they're all on my Instagram if you want to check them out. But I got a, a 2021 Topps Chrome WWE The Rock Five Timers Club Black Refractor at a 10. I got a PSA 10 on that. I got a PSA 10 on the gold version of that card out of 50. Um, I got a 2020 WWE Chrome Roman Reigns Red Refractor out of 5 PSA 10. Did pretty well on this sub. And then I got a my 2020 Topps WWE Finest Roman Reigns Defining uh, Decades Finest Superstar Super Fractor out of 101. At a nine, a PSA nine, and then my, which I was hoping I could gem this, but it didn't. It's okay. Pop three on it. 2014 Topps Chrome WWE John Cena Gold Refractor Iconic Set Gold Card of uh, a Legend PSA nine. So I was very thrilled about that sub. And so to me, I wanted to take some time to say, now I don't know if a lot of people have talked about the timing, if PSA is doing a good job or not. And maybe there are other stories out there, but I can speak for myself. Love this structure, process, change, doing what they're doing, operating in a way that is looking out for the customer. And I'm feeling that brand affinity right now. Yay, raw PSA. Excited to get my cards back when I should when I'm expecting them. I'll say this: like I've seen a ton of conversations and debate online about which is better after PSA people talking about SGC people talking about BGS people even maybe speculating and talking about PSA. And to me, like this is not the right conversation. I like, it is not the right conversation to like try to pit grading companies up against each other like this because everyone's experience and everyone's needs and what everyone wants is very, very different. And so by trying to be general and trying to like put one up against the other and rank this and that and use your platform to do that, I think is a waste of time. And so I, I know not everyone likes grading. Okay. No worries. You don't like grading. That's fine. That is everyone's prerogative. Honestly, like if you don't like it and don't understand and don't like want to be a part of it, I get it. I like really do. I understand the counter. I I get it. For me personally, it is something that I want to do and want to be a part of. And that's why I do it. This show is called Stacking Slabs. <laughs> that's not why I grade, but it you can tell by just the brand, like grading is a part of what I do. So I think we my feedback, if you do want to grade, is to go through those experiences yourself. Go through the process with each of the grading companies that you see fit and buy the cards, keep them in your collection, sell, do it all, and then come to the determination based on the cost, based on what I want to do with it, with my collection or with selling, this is the grading company or these are the grading companies for me. Like I'm tired of listening to other people try to tell me which grading service I should use and I shouldn't use. Because at the end of the day, 
We are the CEOs of our own hobby experience. So let's do that. I put out there earlier this week, we can't remember what we had for dinner last night. Tasks slip between the cracks at work. We try to save face and act like we remember the weekend plans that were made, but we'll never forget the way we felt when we buried that new grail in our PC. Now that I'm saying that, when I say bury this other grail in my our PC, I just immediately think of The Undertaker and The Undertaker just like taking cards and you know digging holes and digging souls and putting those cards in our in my PC. Shout out The Undertaker for that Hall of Fame induction. Talk about no-brainer slam dunk. I think I put this out there because like I wanted to share some perspective with the hobby. And my feeling is we love cards. We all love cards. Cards is why we're here. And we can't forget. And I think if we all take the time to reflect a little bit, we might find some more happiness that has been lost. Or we might feel reignited. And at least I have. And I think the way I look at this is it's like you're in the sky looking all the way down at the hobby as a whole. So you're zooming all the way out. Okay. There is a lot that you like, and there is a lot that you don't like about the hobby. No market is going to service and cater your every need and desire. I think that's something we we just need to understand and we have to get comfortable with. I think there are many segments and a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. But I think as we see these segments and divisions, we have to consider the commonality. Everyone is here because of the cardboard. And I think the more that we can defeat this division or the divisions that we we create or deepen through arguments and through negativity, the the more it hurts our hobby. And I'm not here to say we shouldn't have conversations where debate is involved, but I think there's a fine line between trashing things that happen in the hobby that are just not your flavor of the hobby. So what I think we should be doing is be more accepting. I've had the negative mindset before. I think the, when I flipped that and, and seen people doing things that maybe I don't like, I just think the more people who do those things, maybe it's just, it helps grow the hobby. And by no means am I saying fraud, by no means am I saying scamming. Those are all bad. And we should all use our platforms to call those things out when we see them. But I think we all should look at the hobby as a whole and understand and recognize that people operate, approach it, and there are different levels of what, how people operate. And the more people having fun, doing the hobby like they want, the better off it is for the hobby. I want to shout out Alan Reynolds, a guy who, if you bought Peyton Manning on eBay over a few years or so, might be a chance you bought a card from... Alan, but there was an article on Alan, the Peyton Manning collector and sports card collector daily. And man, it was fun to see this guy profiled. I'd heard about him. I think I bought some cards from him in the past, but talk about a iconic Peyton Manning collector, just passion, desire, just, it is so fun to get stories from collectors and get their understanding and um, motivations and desires with why they're buying what they're buying. So I had fun reading that article that got passed around. I reposted it in the story, uh, in my stories, uh, this past week. But man, I love that. And I'm hope that 
you know, Stacking Slabs can be a show that brings on people like Alan and shares those voices because at the end of the day, collectors make this whole freaking thing go around. This week on the pod, I'm bringing my man Nick from War of Sports Cards back on. I thought it'd be interesting based on some of the content that he's been putting out there. Um, he kind of gets a uh, an interesting outlook on the hobby based on what he does with consignment. Um, and I want to bring him on to talk a little bit about what's happening, what he's seeing that other people in the hobby might not be seeing. So excited to bring him on. Another thing that I wanted to call out, and I have been someone who's been digging into this a little bit and making purchases, is that, and this this got ignited this past week from um, my man, Brooklyn Barry Bright. If you're not following him on Instagram, you should already. And he's just an awesome Ladanian Tomlinson collector. And Ladanian Tomlinson, you want to talk about like best running backs ever? Like Ladanian Tomlinson is certainly on the list. However, for whatever reason, no one talks about Ladanian Tomlinson and Ladanian Tomlinson cards, which is freaking crazy to me. Like we'll we'll all, we'll all go like talk about this next rookie running back group and some rookie that's coming out and hype them up and get excited about it. But we don't spend time like thinking about a badass running back that carried fantasy teams forever that just did everything and leads and is at the top of almost every running back list known to mankind. It's silly to me. Barry, awesome collector, has a bet. Go look at his page. Look at his Tomlinson's. It's off the charts. He also collects and buys, sells Hall of Fame players in the NFL. And I think like, this, I've been saying this for a while. It is beyond crazy to me that Hall of Fame players in the NFL, outside of a few, don't get more credit and don't get more love. Go back and look at these sets. Go back and look at gold refractors, X-fractors, all these things of just Hall of Fame players. And to me, that is an opportunity. And I'm just like, I'll tee it up here. Just like in a, a, no purchase, a purchase that I made uh, earlier this past week, I bought. Edron James and a Marvin Harrison 2004 finest gold X-Fractors out of 150, same seller, got posted, cost me 50 bucks for both of them. Pat-ass cards. 2004 finest gold X-Fractors of both of these Hall of Fame players that are near and dear to my heart, and I spent 50 bucks on them. So those aren't the only ones out there. There are so many, like, just follow the products, follow the parallels, follow the sets. The more you do that, you start to uncover just incredible players that ha- are Hall of Fame talent in football. And you, you look at the comps and parallels and comparisons to basketball, and it's beyond wild. Like, go dig in. Go have fun. Like, I'm having so much fun finding opportunities through this. And it's crazy to me that more people aren't buying cards like LaDainian Tomlinson are talking about it because there are players that change the way we thought about football when we were growing up and you can go buy their cards for next to nothing. Go check it out. I'm excited. We saw the box of WWE Prism. Man, I'm getting fired up about this release. I'm going to be doing some stuff uh, to, to talk more about this, so stay tuned. Don't have any details to unveil at this point, but if you're interested in WWE Prism, a Panini license takeover, um, get ready to follow this show because I will be talking more about it. And I saw a promo or graphic that had Stone Cold on it. So it led me to believe that Legends will be a part of this product. And I am fired up about it. I mentioned that I want to talk a little bit about consolidation towards the end of this. Consolidation is how I am operating and how I'm doing 
everything these days in the hobby and is top of mind. I'm having more fun than ever because I have no restraints. I have no restrictions. I am looking at the equity that I have in my PC and I'm making decisions. And if I see a card that I have to have, I buy it and then I go and I consolidate and sell cards that have been in my PC for a while. I think more activity you do, the more fun you're going to have and the more opportunities come out on the other side. I've got a big card that I bought um, and I'm going to share it when I when it comes and it's going to be a little while based on, uh, it's one of those eBay uh, raw card gimmicks. Um, actually, will be my second one. So I actually went through this and went through the eBay um, you know, go through and verify, validate, whatever. And so when the next card comes in, the card I bought this past week, raw, um, and it's going to go through that, I'm going to, I'll do an Instagram live when it comes. So I don't think it'll be here this week. It might be the following week, but when it does, I'll shoot out a note and I'll unveil it and show you kind of the packaging and all that goes into that. But I asked the community and got some great responses on consolidation and what they thought of it. Midlife Crisis Cards, Darren, what is up? He has been consolidating. He says his leveling up has been into vintage basketball, and he's been enjoying it. Um, K-Dog Walker said last year at the National, he made a move, and he sent me a picture with a ton of cards, just an incredible collection. Um, But one of the cards that he made a move on was this triple upper deck auto. It had Larry Bird, Bill Russell, and Paul Pierce on it. Just an incredible card. Zan Morning, shout out Zan, Wrestling with Cards, Worlds Collide. Go check out his content if you're into wrestling cards. He made a great point to me. He said, the journey of consolidation and focus on what truly matters to me has become a hobby within itself. And I couldn't agree more. Like the mindset, focus, and attention you have at really taking all of your cards and saying, okay, what ranks, what, where, if there's a card out there that you want going, getting it and selling other stuff. It's really a game with inside the game. So I appreciate that. LF goalie 31. Love this one. Consolidated into a 2000 Tom Brady Bowman Chrome Refractor PSA 8.5. I looked at that card, 123K. Okay. So I'm guessing like if you're going to get a big card like that, right, you consolidate. And I love that. Um, And you, there's so many stories you can tell and it's not easy to just go have a card that's 130 to 123k but if you got the equity build up in your pc and you really want that card you can make the move curly's wrestling cards ripped wax and sold a bunch of base cards to get a 1983 all-star matt bourne psa 6 shout out matt bourne matt bourne was played the doink the clown character one of my favorite characters of all time vol in NC cards, third consolidation effort here. It's more satisfying each time, multiple grails and counting. Kevin M. Cormier, I graded five 2020-21 soccer singles and flipped them into a Pele Auto. That sounds like a good consolidation effort to me. Cousins Collectible, got rid of mis- modern mistakes and moved into a slow, steady vintage buying. Love that. Drake's PC, using a bunch of liquid cut cards to consolidate into a Manning Flawless 2014 patch auto, one of one. Consolidation, man, makes the world go round. I, I This is something I just do now. There's always a process going because there's always cards that pop up that I want, and so always evaluating your PC is a good thing. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. If you did, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying Stacking Slabs. Most importantly, have a great week. I will be back on Friday with Nick Wharf Sports Cards talking about the hobby, talking about some things he's saying. Take care of yourself. Take care.
care of others around you, and I will be back real soon. Peace out.